Hi, everybody. It's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and neuroplasticity therapist, and I love to share human stories about recovery and transformation and people really stepping into their power. And I'm really blessed today because I have a young man called Stefan on the call who's calling in from the States, and I want to welcome you to the call. So welcome, Stefan. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from New York City. Great, New York City. So today, Stefan and I are going to talk a little bit, little bit about overcoming chronic symptoms. And we want to talk about the human story, the challenges, and how to find light, how to find hope, how to be inspired. And it's just really brave and courageous of Stefan to be here. He contacted me and he's like, I really want to be on your podcast. And I was like, great, let's do this and book in. So it's so nice to meet you. and. You're a musician, I'm a musician, so we have that in common. Mm -hmm. And what I really do want to talk about, aside from the fact that chronic symptoms suck and they're difficult and they're non-explainable and it can feel like you're bashing your head against a wall for years and years and years and not living, but I also want to talk about moving beyond that, how important things like music are for our healing, our recovery and connecting back into our wisdom and our capacity because I think... We often think healing is all about symptoms when actually the more I work with people and I see people really heal and gain true benefit, the more I see them step away from focusing in on symptoms and rather focusing in on what they love, what they know they want to do in their heart, what lights them up. And they start saying yes more often. They start giving themselves permission to say no to things they don't want to do and saying yes to things that light them up. And in our case, that's music, right? Mm-hmm. So... Tell us a little bit about what happened to you in 2013 when you began this journey. So uh, it began with um, a pretty simple injury, uh, tendonitis in my forearms. Mm. Uh, And I tried a bunch of different treatments, but it never seemed to go away. And I had to stop playing guitar. And and then in 2014, uh, I was getting strep throat a lot. So I had my tonsils out um, and the sensation of, of the surgery also never went away, just persisted. Um, and then it was just one injury after the next that felt like it was permanent. And I, and I didn't know what to do. And MRIs and x-rays and tests all came back negative. So, so where do you go from there? Yeah. And you remember back at that point in time, because this is a really common story. I mean, I hear it literally time and time again each day is people say, you know, I did everything. I went and saw every doctor. I tracked down every specialist. I tried every chiropractor and osteo. And they're just like nothing, 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 nothing. And on one hand, they're like, well, I should be grateful I don't have a tumor or some kind of fatal condition. But on the other hand, I'm so frustrated. I want them to find something. Why aren't they explaining this to me? So how did you feel in that journey of just going, all of my test results are normal, but I don't feel normal? So there's a mismatch between what the medical world is finding, but what you're feeling. How did that go for you? I mean, I I totally understand uh, the perspective of of thinking, you know, I don't really care how serious it is. I just want a diagnosis. Yeah. To, To be in that state of limbo and not knowing what you have means you don't have a prognosis and you don't know if it's permanent and 
So you don't, for me, I, I didn't know how to accommodate my new uh, lack of ability because I didn't know how long it would last. And I didn't want to make, I, I didn't want there to feel like there was a sense of permanence because I didn't know what I was dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great way to phrase it too. And I, I think part of the rock steady healing process, which I support clients through with vertigo and tinnitus, which will be some of the listeners out here enjoying your call, is it's about holding the diagnosis lightly. And rather than getting stuck on this chronic search for diagnosis and answers, and basically we want the medical world to prove we're abnormal. It's like, I'm definitely abnormal. I feel it. I know it. So you need to prove that to me. I need more tests, right? Rather than going through that route of, of seeking the abnormality and seeking the justification, it's like hold the diagnosis lightly, hold the lack of diagnosis lightly, and actually seek medical clearance. Get the medical world to prove to you that there is nothing fundamentally wrong with your body and you have everything you need to be a functioning, normal human being. And so that's the physical aspect. And the doctors are so good at what they do. They will find something. If there's something in the bloods or the bone or the brain, believe me, they're going to find it. That's totally what they're trained in. Now, humans are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual beings. So if the doctors are not finding anything in that physical pizza slice of the pie, chances are there are mental, emotional, and spiritual layers and aspects at play that are impacting the neuronal firing of the body. Because whether it's chronic pain, chronic tinnitus sounds in the ears, or chronic dizziness and vertigo, which is sensations of movement that don't feel quite right, they're all neuronal firing patterns. And our mental, emotional, spiritual body impact on those physical firing patterns. And that's where the healing can really go into deeper and meaningful places. So we're at 2014 in your story, no diagnosis and you're feeling hopeless, which PS is a recipe for depression, feeling like the future is hopeless. So where did you go from there? I mean, I sought out, uh, like I'm sure many of your listeners did, uh, I sought out a bunch of alternative treatments and you know, I was working with all these Western medical doctors, but also like pursuing homeopathy. And I mean, anything, anything that anybody could suggest to me, I was willing and ready to try. And would it, would it be fair to say that at that point in your journey, how old were you? If you don't mind me asking. I was 23. Yeah. So, so pretty young. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I would say it's pretty fair in that part of your journey that you were seeking externally. You're wanting someone else to give you the magic elixir or the Absolutely. pill or the solution or the algorithm, right? So it, it's the external goose chase. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And how long did you find yourself on that goose chase? Till about 2017. Yeah. So, so. And how much have you learned in that? What did you learn in that goose chase? What did I learn in that goose chase? Um, I became, I think, pretty good at finding silver linings in my situation. Mm. And, you know, one, one big one was that uh, when, I, when I wasn't able to play guitar for that year, but I could still sing, yeah. um, I started pursuing different types of music and I started making pop music. And I, where, whereas I had been a folk musician, um, I found new ways to make music and new ways to write songs and 
you know, and ultimately it was, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Um, And also, you know, taking the time to uh, really put into my friendships and um, build other aspects of my life um, where I, I could, you know, I couldn't build my career. So I, I did a lot of research and I, I learned, I learned a lot about um, my city and about my country and the world. Um, and also um, I am, I'm a, I'm a queer person. I'm a gay man. So mm. taking the time to really explore my identity uh, was invaluable. So I, I really appreciate that as, as hard as it was, I really, I learned to really appreciate the time that it afforded me. Yeah. And I often ask my clients when they come to see me, cause often it has been well over a year, if not, you know, a decade for some people. And as they go through this work that you're talking about, and it's kind of, it's the dark night of the soul. And it's when we go in and we have to ask some difficult questions and we have to listen to our own wisdom answers. And I'll often ask them, you know, has there been a gift in this process? So, you know, you've had these very difficult symptoms and that might also include anxiety and depression and isolation and this, I can't do anything attitude, feel like losing self-confidence, losing self-belief. A really big one in clients with tinnitus and vertigo is losing faith in their body. They don't trust their body anymore because it's giving bogus signals. So there's this like self-rejection going on. But when we can go really deep into that and go beyond it, go underneath it and start to talk, you know, look at ourselves as a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual being and become friends with ourselves and learn to acquaint and develop a new friendship. And for many people, this will mean, you know, exploring our sexuality and because that is an that is a, a way we, we contact joy and we contact spirituality you know in 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 that kind of letting go of orgasm and if that's all suppressed you know there's a part of us that's not able to communicate and to really connect with other or even deeper with ourselves so it's really beautiful that at such a young age you were able to find that gift and surrender because i do think that's one of the key elements to healing is surrender to what is and rather than say why do i feel this why is it there why 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 don't ask why anymore. Ask, body, how can I support you? So ask your body, body, how can I support you? Ask your emotions, emotions, how can I support you? Ask your sexuality, how can I support you? Right? Go deep into saying how, what can I do about it? So I'd love you to talk through, Stefan, that those little moments of light that came to you and you realized, wow, I've got to change. It doesn't matter how many doctors I see and how many therapists or how many supplements I take, something inside of me has to change. Do you want to talk us through that, that learning journey? Yeah. Um, well, as, as, um, as may, as you may have mentioned, or I can't remember, um, I did go to the Mayo Clinic, um, in Minnesota and I don't want to talk too much about that, but the experience afterwards, um, Mm. was where I really started exploring, um, my, relationship to pain and my relationship to fear and um and it was through a a woman that i met a a fellow patient in the program um 
who really showed me how, just through her uh, presence and light and deep uh, human understanding how scared she saw that I was. Wow. Um, and confronting that fear was was probably, I mean, that truly is the greatest silver lining of all of this because, um, you know, I was I was afraid of my symptoms. I was af- I was afraid of my house burning down. I was afraid of my parents dying. I was afraid of, I mean, any any catastrophic thought. Um, I probably had it <laughs> and probably held on to it. And um, so, once I started challenging that fear, um, it all worked towards the same goal. I mean. Um, even, you know, not checking the doors two, three times in a night and just going to bed, knowing that I had locked them, knowing that everything is fine. That learning allowed me to, whenever I experience symptoms, to not check in with those symptoms, to not, um, to not have to, you know, stretch my arms or, or cough or gargle or do whatever I, these, these pain behaviors, these uh, uh, behaviors that were associated with my symptoms to not go there. I didn't have to check in and make sure I was okay because I knew that I was okay. Yeah, sometimes we call those hypervigilance behaviors um, and it can also be a form of avoidance behavior too when we, we get so almost obsessed with checking our symptoms. Are they still there? What's the severity of them? That it, it really does take time and it robs us of actually living in the moment of things we actually want to do and want to feel because we're so busy being hypervigilant and hyper-focused on what we don't want. We actually close off the opportunity for what we do want. And so it becomes this catch 22 situation where we have to surrender and let go of the identity and let go of the pain or the tinnitus or the vertigo and stop feeding it and start actually feeding new fires in our life, whether that be playing guitar or singing or art class or learning Italian. I mean, there's so many different things people try and it's not what you do. It's really how you do it and how it makes you feel. So do you, can you talk through if you have any little examples maybe of how you began to loosen that hypervigilance? Hmm. Uh, well, uh, finding ways to calm myself down. Yeah. Um, whenever I had that automatic thought of, Oh my gosh, something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, and what and something's wrong. What do I need to do to fix it? Um, and taking the, taking a moment, taking a step back, learning to sort of take a bird's eye view of my mind and say, "Wait a second. This this thought there's this thought has no bearing. There, there's there, there's there is nothing wrong. I know this. I've I've been down this road before." Um, so kind of being able to sit back and identify the false alarms enabled mm-hmm. you to have that distance to not buy into it exactly did exactly. you ever try body scanning or using the body to help guide you through real threats and false alarm dangers body scanning for me was definitely a um a type of meditation mm-hmm. but um 
I, I wouldn't say I used it particularly to reduce those thoughts. It was, it was just, you know, a way to get myself into that calm, into that yeah. parasympathetic um, place where um, I, I could take some control again. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't sure what a body scan is, it's literally where we scan with our mind and attention, any sensation of touch head to toe. It doesn't matter in what part of the body, in what order, for how long you do it. It's a way of bringing ourselves out of the mental heaviness and the head and the what ifs and the past and the future. And when we drop into a body scan, we're literally touching the present moment. You know, you can't poke yourself or touch yourself tomorrow nor yesterday. It, it brings you into the effective now. And that's where our power lies. That's where our choices are, where our decisions are. And making good choices in the present moment really creates a brighter future. So being able to be embodied instead of living in the head is a huge, huge, huge part of neuroplasticity. In fact, when we're in the past or the future, and so we're not really connected, we're dissociated or out of body and living in the catastrophes and drama, which we all do, myself included, when we're in that space, we can't really effectively consciously do neuroplasticity because the neuronal messages the body is giving the brain are blocked off we're not receiving them we're like no i don't want to feel that i'm numbing out to that i'll go watch tv or i'll drink alcohol or take pops and pills i don't want to feel the body and so the brain isn't able to really collect that data and use it and so once we allow ourselves to feel safe in our body to feel in our body and to integrate the mind the emotions the heart all in that present moment, that's when the brain can really do something about it and rearrange and recategorize the various neural pathways that may be in error, including the pain one. So do you want to talk a little bit about how it felt for you to overcome chronic pain? Definitely. Um, so for me, uh, the modality that I used for the most part was this slow desensitization where and and all 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 the while um you know using the breathing techniques using the self-talk um trying to access that peace while experiencing the symptoms and yeah. allowing myself to experiencing this to experience those symptoms but still do the things that i enjoyed um and little by little um you know i increased the time that i could do play guitar, the time that I could sing, the time that I could run, uh, this, that, and the other thing. And learning to do those activities with my symptoms, eventually my symptoms started to go away. And they never completely did. And sometimes they come back and I have to use the same techniques to get myself back to that place of peace. But eventually, I know, I know now that I, I myself can get past them and get back to a place of comfort. Yeah. So you feel empowered. You've taken the control back. Mm -hmm. And it's also, do you feel sometimes, did they teach you, did you learn a little bit about, a little bit about neuroplasticity and about how the brain is interpreting signals? Sometimes the context is not quite right. And so it's blowing it out into a pain signal instead of a no big deal signal. And so you can play with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, how does that make you feel learning a little bit about that? 
inner process in the body? I mean, it feels, it's very empowering yeah. <laughs> to, to know that, I mean, it's, it's at first scary to know that the brain can send signals that uh, don't mean what they should. Mm. But then once you understand that and once you can get past that uh, moment of fear and, and realize that, oh, I, like, I, I can get past that because it's my brain and I can learn to harness it to get me back to where I need to be. And when we're present and conscious, we're in control of our brain. And mm -hmm. this is where in the rock steady process, so my clients will have, some of them do in fact have chronic pain, but they largely come for chronic vertigo, dizziness, and tinnitus. And it's a similar thing where they have to be able to just take their symptoms with them lightly without making that the main focus. Let them be there. Bring your voice of reassurance. Bring that voice of self-compassion and self-kindness that everything's okay. And go ahead and do those things you want to do, whether it's poetry or art class or music or just going to work, meeting people out for drinks, going down the shop to buy a loaf of bread. It can be really simple things, but allow yourself to do it knowing that those neural messages are benign and harmless, they're allowed to fire. And the less we invest in them and focus on them and the more we go ahead and choose to do other things, the brain will divert the firing patterns and it will begin to release the priority on the symptoms, eventually dissolve and they can completely rewire and disappear. We see that a lot. But what the brain needs is to know what to focus on. So if it's used to firing on the symptoms, it needs to actually have something else like you know, it's kind of like if someone quits alcohol or coffee, you need to substitute it with something. You can't just like not replace it. So we are creatures of habit. And so if the body's used to firing those tinnitus, dizziness or pain signals, we need to say, okay, this is the deal. I'm in control of my brain. What I want to feel is steadiness and confidence and capacity. So this is how I'm going to feel it. We generate those feelings using our neuroplasticity practice. Take those feelings with you, your reassurance and the new neural firing as you go to the shop and buy your loaf of bread or pick up the guitar and play. So you actually need to substitute the symptom sensation for a desired sensation that the brain can tangibly contact. So what would you say is your desired feeling now that you're working on in yourself, Stefan? I mean, the place that for the whole time that I was dealing with this, the place I wanted to get back to was just being able to sing and sit with my guitar and, you know, work on music because I'd spent my whole life up to mm. the point where uh, I started having these symptoms, trying to make music a career, trying to, um, spend my whole life and all my time doing it so to i mean the, the the true gift is just to be back yeah in that spiritual truly spiritual place where i feel the most myself the most comfortable the most at ease yeah um and the benefit of being a singer is that you know i don't need it i don't need an instrument in hand i can just walk around and sing and and in New York City, a lot of people are talking and singing to themselves in the streets. So nobody really pays you any attention. It's free if you are too. I used to so. I used to cycle through Melbourne singing at the top of my lungs on my bicycle, whizzing down the bike lanes. I loved that. 
But, you know, it sounds to me that part of what you've been seeking is this feeling of creative freedom and connection. Because I know when I'm writing music and singing music, there definitely is a connection to something outside of myself. You know, it's, it's not all rigid and perfect. There's like a letting go and a surrender to something flowing through me. And it is that real kind of creative, spiritual, connected life force. And if I'm not connected, I can't flow with it. So I have to be able to show up in surrender. I have to be relaxed. I have to trust. So there's certain elements I need to cultivate in myself so that the music can flow through me. Absolutely. So, you know, anyone can sit and hold a guitar, but to really communicate and sing and move through that instrument takes a lot of trust and surrender and allowing. And often if we've got our head caught in symptoms, we simply can't do that. The connect, the, the, it's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And, and there's also a vulnerability in, especially in a performance aspect. Um, yeah. And, and truly during my, my, my time dealing with these chronic symptoms, that was one of the hardest things is not being able to access that vulnerability. And it made it difficult for me to pursue relationships and to be the type of friend I wanted to be. But now to have access to that again is invaluable. That's really beautiful. Um, Thank you for sharing that. And I want to make sure I've heard you properly and flesh it out a bit. Um, Because I know you've just gone back to performing this year. So congratulations. That's huge. And it's interesting how you've said, like when I was, I think what you said was when you were deeper in your symptoms, like it was harder to be vulnerable because the world I suppose was so closed in and there was so much less opportunity to connect with people or to be creative because it was this real, I can't attitude. I can't do this. I can't play my guitar. I can't sing. I can't go here. I can't go there. And that's often what happens when we're really lost in our fear is our world shrinks. We become isolated, withdrawn, anxious, depressed, lonely, and symptoms are front and center and as we begin to loosen the symptoms and let them just be behind us so they're still there but we're just not focusing on them and we can open our heart move in with the self-reassurance and kindness and try new things that's when we really open ourselves up for vulnerability and that's why i say to people healing takes courage it's not someone else telling you what to do it's you choosing what you need and what you want every moment of the day and it's you backing yourself and saying i'm worth it And so really opening up exposes us to this very much empowered sense of vulnerability because in order for us to grow and change, we need to feel vulnerable. You know, if we're going to catch that bigger wave, we've got to paddle for the bigger wave and it's scary and then you can surf it. And I know with music, often it's a huge leap of faith in improvising and not really knowing what's coming next or how I'm going to move with it. But there has to be a surrender and a vulnerability to let that, opportunity arise instead of closing down to it and saying I can't so for those of you listening I think it's really juice uh, like food for thought it's a really juicy conversation to have with yourself in your own time about you know am I hiding in my symptoms and is there something safe about just having a blanket statement I can't do this I have many years therefore I can't drive or I have many years therefore I can't this I have tinnitus therefore I can't work just notice if there's an element of kind of safety in that I can't statement 
because if if we were to truly open up and say okay well i notice i have the tinnitus or the vertigo or dizziness or the pain and i'm going to try and do this anyway that opens us up and requires a lot of courage and so i really commend everybody who's in the rocksteady process or in any other program who's going through this opening up and allowing the vulnerability to start to ground and earth and the flip side of the vulnerability stefan what did you find at the other side of it uh, the other side of the vulnerability, uh, connection with people, mm. a deeper connection and, and seeing people light up and seeing people feeling understood again, you know, because mm. um, I mean, for, for my symptoms to have taken me away from music, which is, is truly beyond English, my, my primary language. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm being understood again and, and so much more so than I was even before my symptoms started because now being in a place where I couldn't access that vulnerability, now I put in so much of an, so much more of an effort to get there. And so I can go to this, deeper, even more exposed place. And I think people, I think it's infectious. And mm. I, um, I'm always drawn to people that can, you know, cry on stage or really access their deepest, darkest place and, and allow people into it, invite people into it. Um, I think, I think when we are able to be publicly vulnerable, not that people need to be publicly vulnerable, by the way, it's, it's more than enough to be vulnerable with yourself and honest with ourselves. It's still a, it's still a, an incredibly powerful forum, but just by letting ourselves be seen in that vulnerability. And that could mean self hate, self, self rejection, sort of going, Oh my goodness, I have abandoned myself. I've dissociated. I'm not in my body. I feel really bad and guilty and sad now. And I, I want to reconnect. And like, this is a vulnerable conversation. And by witnessing this, we really allow ourselves to step into more acceptance and more compassion of who we really are and where we really are. Because, you know, if we're going through life, pretending we're somewhere we're not, we're just living this unauthentic and phony existence in ourselves. We're not being honest with ourselves. And when we stop and really get vulnerable about what's real right now for me, and this is what I'm, this is the stage of life I'm in. This is what I'm facing at the moment. You know, my kids are growing up and leaving the house and I'm terrified and, you know, blah, 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 really facing those vulnerabilities and feeling it viscerally embodying it gives ourselves permission to step into more acceptance. And when we do that publicly, we're actually celebrating ourselves as we are and publicly being witnessed, which is very powerful. And I think we were saying just before starting this call, there's something in sharing a recovery story, <clears throat> which for Stefan, I hope you get to feel this when we, when we finish the call, is that there's, there's so many thousands of people watching this video who are celebrating you and how far you've come since 2013. And they're seeing it and they're making it more real because you've shared it, you've spoken it, we're witnessing it, we're hearing it, and we're like, yeah, wow, well, this guy did it and now he's performing on stages in New York. And so when we hide it to ourselves and we're either not honest with ourselves or not honest with the people around us, we can't be celebrated in our wholeness. Mm -hmm. 
And as you say, we often do connect with people through vulnerability. It's not when we've always got our act together and life's good and it's all easy and happy. You know, that can be a bit plastic at times and a bit feigned or a bit forced. So I think that's a really beautiful thing that came out of your journey and the gift. And creatively, I imagine this is going to be just a gold field for you to explore. Yes, of course. (laughs) So, Stefan, do you have any closing words or things that you want to wrap up your story in terms of who you are now? I mean, I always love to ask everyone I interview is how has your relationship to yourself changed? Hmm. I mean, understanding that I have the power to change my circumstance. Yeah. Um, and that that's, that that's truly mine alone. Um, I don't have to wait for some external force or as you said, you know, some magic pill yeah. to make it happen. I mean, even with, with, with my, with my career, you know, there already there, there will be, there are ups and downs and there are, uh, you know, paths that you that you walk down that might end in a dead end and you have to turn around and go down a new path but knowing that just having this empowerment uh through overcoming my symptoms is amazing (laughs) it's truly amazing and at such a young age it really is a credit to you thank you i mean so many other people at your age would just be goofing off and completely have not had to face any of these conversations or questions and they won't know that about themselves for many, many years to come. So it's really beautiful to meet you. And I'm, I've loved visiting your website and I highly recommend that people jump on and check Stefan. So it's S T E F A N A L X N D R.com. And I'll put a link in at the bottom of this chat. So Stefan Alexander.com. And yeah, I just can't wait to see how you take this new exploration of creativity and connection because I think it's coming from such an embodied place of authenticity now that you're not having to call it in or imitate, you know. So it'd be really interesting to see how your music expands and, and spreads this message into the world. Thanks so much. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for reaching out and I look forward to following your musical career. Thank you. Bye, Stefan. Bye. For those of you out there with vertigo or tinnitus or chronic symptoms that you just can't quite seem to get on top of, visit seekingbalance.com.au. I'm Joey Remini. There's loads of resources on my website and I really hope you find the support you need. So bye for now.